Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Guys, we're all living our best lives. As always, this year continues to be what it promised at the beginning. Dog shit. Welcome to Women Talking Bollocks, a podcast where you'll hear, well, three women talking utter bollocks. What you won't hear is anyone nattering on about fashion, makeup, diets, or those blinking Kardashians. I'm not even sure I know who they are, if I'm honest. But what you will hear is some uplifting, irreverent chat with myself, Jen Brister, and my two very dear friends, comedians and women, the very wonderful, if slightly eccentric, more younger and the dashing kind charisma bomb that is Alison June Smith okay here we go we're recording great well let's try and make this interesting <laughs> I don't know about the rest of you but this week's been full-on frenetic non-stop I mean back to back just absolutely just how's your <sighs> How's your week been, Maureen? Talk to me. I've had a busy week. I, I was filming my documentary. I'm having a documentary made about myself. Okay, back up. So here we go. Now's, <laughs> now the fun started. I, I was, I was going to try and make the fact that I've done nothing fun, but I've run out of steam. That, <laughs> we, that joke, we've done that joke for six weeks in a row, and that joke's dead now. Brista, let that joke go, and let's move. try and find another joke. So we're moving swiftly to you, Maureen, who has news. Maureen Younger... Please explain to us what has been happening to you. Well, I've had uh, some uh, guys who saw me at Top Secret. They're big fans. Explain what Top Secret is. Oh, Top Secret Comedy Club. Sorry, they saw me. They saw my show. They're documentary filmmakers. They're really good. I've I've watched their stuff on online, and they want to make a documentary about me and also about comics and how we're dealing with the Corona crisis. You know, and, and the fact that we can't perform live anymore. So we did some filming for that in Top Secret, yes, on Friday, which was good. What they really should do is just have shots going in from comedians' windows and just seeing us crying in our living room. That That's the documentary. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing is I did, had a German corporate this week, so I had to uh, brush up my German and had to do some translating and some speaking on Deutsch sprechen. Wow, morning. morning. Wow. Busy. Busy for once in, in a year. 
I mean, that's that not true. Even vaguely true, Maureen. I, I, <laughs> every time I talk to you, you've got something on. I mean, I've, I don't know many comedians that have tried to create as much uh, work as you have out of, frankly, thin air. So <laughs> I, I'm not going to let you. Um, I'm not going to let you be negative, Maureen, because for, for a start, if anyone's going to be negative in this trio, it's going to be this leather. So you, <laughs> I do, you, I do admit you that. You buck up your ideas and you remain optimistic. Well, more, more optimistic than me. But I think, frankly, that's brilliant news and I can't wait to see it. The Maureen Younger documentary. Hopefully you're going to be part of it, aren't you? We're going to try and... I haven't told you this. We're going to try and uh, film your interview on Monday. You don't know about that yet. I didn't know about that. <laughs> But you do now. Now I do. (laughs) Hey, if anything, it means we've got something to talk about next week. So, Alison, let's talk about you. What's been happening with you this week? Well, I'm not having a documentary made about myself, number one. (laughs) But if there was a documentary to be made about me, this week's episode would be very exciting because it's all about fairy lights and how many fairy lights can I fit in my house because I'm... Christmas decorating. The other thing I've established is that when it comes to fairy lights, everyone, what you want is a plug-in fairy light. You don't want to be messing around with effing batteries. This is what I've learned week one Mm. of fairy lights. Of course. And also, let's talk about the environmental impact of constantly using batteries and also those uh, fairy lights. You know, you can't replace the bulbs. You know, they they, when they die, they die. And then where does it go? A landfill, Alison. And again... Our carbon footprint on this podcast, as we know, is very low, isn't it? Because mm-hmm, I have no children, so that helps a lot. Neither do I. Oh, God, I'm absolutely <laughs> nailed, mate. You're the guilty one there. Can I just say, Alison, you can never have too many lights. Too many. I appreciate lights. that, Maureen. I agree. I agree. But what happened, the reason why I'm so into fairy lights, oh, this is a positive thing. So in my community this year, never happened before, they're doing a Christmas walk. So there's enough kids now in this neighborhood that a woman has arranged, if you have lights outside of your house, uh, we're going to give you a letter and they want to do like a letter scavenger hunt so kids can like seek out a word or and then they walk around and look at all the lights at night. So I was like, yes, I want to be a part of that. So I've also purchased a reindeer that sticks to the window oh, with a backdrop lovely. to it so it looks like the reindeer smashing out of our front window because I thought that would be really fun. That is amazing. Alison, mm-hmm. if you put lights, I mean, I don't do it because I'm too mean with money, but I love it when people put lights outside the house. As yeah, I have them. I have two trees outside, so I have trees on either side of the reindeer. I've put lights outside, and then our big window up top, because it goes right outside, although the lights are inside, it looks like they're out to, outside. And I'm going to get hanging ones, so they have the hanging, you know, the ones oh. that... Oh, I'm so excited, guys. This is my life right now. This is my oh life. Oh, my God. This is like a National Lampoon's vacation kind of do you remember that when yes chevy chase was stapling you know bulbs to the side of the house and we as british people were going what on earth is this and then now we're like yeah get the lights get up. the lights up oh exactly. no i love i love how we've got a house down the road that does it like from november but i love all those houses that, that put all those lights out outside i think it's gorgeous i did a gig on saturday in twickers in twickenham twickenham and the street that i parked my car on almost every single house very middle class area, in case you don't know where Twickenham is. It's in Twickenham. S- Twickenham. It's Middlesex. I mean, Middlesex doesn't exist, but anyway. Um, every single house pretty much had uh, lights outside their house and it was glorious. Mm-hmm. It looked absolutely mm. incredible. Some people had these sl- slightly blue lights and their orange lights and their colourful lights. And even me, the bar humbug of Lezers, went, 
That is lush. That's I'm into pretty. it. It looked great. I was like, and the only thing I thought was if the kids were here, they'd literally lose their mind. I got stuck in traffic with the kids yesterday and I was like, oh, this is a nightmare. Basically, everywhere in Brighton that is near me, they're doing roadworks and it's a complete nightmare. I'm constantly in some sort of bottleneck. And the only way I could get through this was to go, kids, let's see how many Christmas lights we can spot. And the most depressing display of lights that you've ever seen anywhere was was on show. And the kids were like, Mama, I can see a little pink light in the distance. I didn't want to tell him that was an aeroplane. I said, look, <laughs> isn't it incredible? All of this Christmas lights, and that distracted them for 30 minutes. And it, I, I'm very grateful to anyone who puts their lights outside the house because children dig it. They love it, particularly when there's like a Rudolph or something. Oh, my God. If they see a red nose, their heads explode because they think it is Rudolph. Mm-hmm. That's ours. It's like Rudolph gets around. We went to, oh, I'll tell you, here's something that we did this week. So we took the children to Santa's Grotto, right? Now, I don't know what you remember about Santa's Grotto. Did you did you do something like that when you were a child? I can't really remember. We probably didn't. Sorry, when you go into a Santa's Grotto, what is that exactly? You so meet it's Santa. usually, you meet Santa. It's usually in a shopping centre. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Your kids go, you meet Santa, Santa gives you... I mean, now you get a present. When I was a kid, there was no present. You just met no. Santa and then you fucked off. But it was free. <laughs> okay, so Santa would go, ho, 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 you could have whatever you want. Uh, I'll get it for you. And then, of course, your parents were like, fuck that prick. You're just getting what I bought. <laughs> I took my kids to see Santa Claus. Here's the thing. We went to a garden centre. How much do you think it was to see Father Christmas? Five for each? Mm-hmm. No, I'm going to say 15 each. Yeah, about that. What? Mm-hmm. What? For a gift and to pay Santa, and there's probably elves working there too, and they've put up lights probably all over the grotto. What right? was the gift if it's fifteen? Well, quid? it was for six-year-olds, and it was one of the most complicated things you've ever seen. It was like, hey, builder, you needed a spanner, you needed a screwdriver, you needed a degree in engineering. <laughs> Chloe and I, when they and they both got the same gift. I was like, I would have paid thirty quid for you not to get this gift. Because now we have to build the bloody thing. The whole thing was... And also, Father Christmas, no offence, but if you are a beanpole, put something under your jumper to make you look vaguely fat. (laughs) The skinniest, frailest-looking Father Christmas I've ever seen. I was like, mate, you're supposed to be jolly and fat, and you are... You're a beanpole. And he was like, ho, 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 Uh, Father Christmas here. Uh, What do you want? Uh, Yes, okay, that sounds fine. All right, cheerio then. Like, make an effort, mate. I mean, like... Really, and I had to. There was part of me that wanted to go ho 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 under my breath just to go do the ho 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 thing because that's what they think about Father Christmas says. So we spent like 30 quid, it was underwhelming, right? We were there for like about four minutes, if that, and then we left. I mean, the kids loved it to be fair, but I just thought <laughs> that is, and also, but that is such a I tell you the th- reason why one, okay, we can afford that money, so that's fine. Okay, we've paid the money, we can afford it, but. For children whose parents are like really struggling this Christmas and they're like, I'd love to take my kids to go and see Santa Santa Claus. And it be it used to be free. You go and see Father Christmas, Father Christmas would go, oh, I hope you get everything you want for Christmas, and then you fuck off again. Thirty quid fifteen quid to take your kid to go and see Father Christmas for four minutes. I was like, You've missed the spirit of Christmas, mate. You've missed it. Fundamentally, <laughs> this goes against Father Christmas. And and I'm writing a strongly word letter to Lapland about this. Um, but anyway, the kids loved it. Jen, did that get your goat? 
We started with Jen's goat. I mean, usually we do we do twelve be more moorings before we get to be more mooring, but this week, fair play, fair play. So is this standard? I'm sure there's some free Santas. I'm sure there's a Santa somewhere outside of an Iceland. Kids. <laughs> I really hope so. If not, I'm going to dress up as Father Christmas, put something under my jumper, put on a beard, or just just don't shave. Not just pluck. not pluck for six months. And uh, my mum always used to tell me to bleach my uh, moustache anyway. I'll just bleach the beard and I'll go full. Uh, I'll probably look more like Colonel Sanders than Father Christmas, but whatever. The point is, I'll I'll... I'll be in character, and I'll, I'll and and if, do you know what, Maureen? When I'm in character, I really commit. Okay, great. Thank you, Maureen, and thank you, Alison. Your weeks sound dynamite. My week less so. But now it's time to uh, head over to Maureen Younger to find out how she has been more Maureen. I'm going to close my internet. Don't close my internet, Maureen. <laughs> I'm at my email. Maureen switches it off at the wall. Makeup on. Oh, for fuck's sake, Maureen, it's a podcast. Get a grip. We might have to push your boundaries out a bit, okay? <laughs> this is a short, sweet story. I had to have a mammogram, which I think, Alison, you had to recently as well. It must be I had my first. Season. Yeah, it is the season of mammograms. Season of mammograms. But I don't know about you, like, before I used to go to hospital, now I'm in a blinking caravan in a car park in Asda. Just you getting a mammogram in a car park is the funniest image. And I, I said to Maureen, are you sure it was a mammogram? And it wasn't just someone with a van. I mean, Come on in, I'll clamp your tit. I'll tell you what's wrong. <laughs> no, you'd have to pay me for that. It's really, I don't know about you, but I, because I, I put on weight, I thought my, my boobs have got bigger, so I thought it would be less painful. Yeah, I think it's really, I love the fact they put it in a really squeeze it, put you in a really uncomfortable position and go, can you just hold that for a second? You're like, yeah, really, really enjoying this. Um, anyways, the short story was, it's because it's in, in a car park in Asda, I thought I'd do some Christmas shopping. So obviously got my bag, put my book in so I could read it on the, on the bus, bought some water so I could have a drink on the bus, got to uh, Asda and realised the one thing I'd forgotten to bring was my purse. So it was a very short Christmas shopping trip, very cheap. Wow, very cheap, Maureen. Um, I, and how long have I been telling you to go to Asda? I've been saying, <laughs> Maureen, get to Asda, it's so cheap. Can I just say, um, Bailey's, it's only 12 quid a bottle there. Yeah. Well, I got it for tenner. Did you? Yeah, a litre, £10, Jen. Asda. Wow. <laughs> Jen is pretty smug with her look right now. Yeah. I, I got me two bottles of Bailey's. I got <laughs> me two bottles. Have you two done that? It's just so annoying when you forget, like you forget the one thing. Obviously, we mentioned the fact that I forgot my book when I was doing a reading of my book. But you know, when you forget that one thing that you need to, like I remembered everything else, but the one thing you need to bring, you forget. A mask. Every single oh, bloody yes. time. I'm in the car, driving to the supermarket going, oh, I've got this and this. And isn't it great? I've done click and collect. That's going to make it so much easier for me. And then I get to click and collect and I'm like, I haven't got a freaking mask. I have to drive all the way home to Ugh. get a mask. Do you know what? I put a spare one in my pocket because I've done that so often. I've done that too. I put a spare one in the car. I put one in there. I did. The person that never puts anything anywhere. That's just completely random if I do anything correct. I put it in there and I said to Chloe, I phoned her, I went, I put a spare mask in the car. Do you, do you know where it is? And she was like, oh, I, I used it and I didn't. And I was like, I just did it, replace it. Because we're not the person that forgets masks is me. Because I'm a complete prick. So, um, but I, I didn't let it um, affect our relationship. Good. That's good. You're still together. We're still together. But it is annoying. I've had to go into another shop and buy a mask in order to go into another shop 
I need to but wear that's a mask. that's what Chloe said. She said, go into Asda and buy a mask. I said, I can't get into Asda without a mask. Oh, uh, you see, like where I live in London, you can go into shops without masks. So I just go into one and Oh, I was going to say, I beg to differ. Up around here, there's just as many people without masks as there are with, which is annoying. Well, I mean, look, there are people without masks, but I mean, I'll be you honest with you. You are not one of them. When I see those people, I am seething and full of judgment. Even when they're having an asthma attack in front of me. And I'm like, still, mate, put a mask on. Um, so I am uh, I, I, just to, just to, because I cannot maintain my um, resentment of anti-mask wearing people if I then become an anti-mask person, even if it, albeit for five minutes. So I had to, on principle, drive all the way back, yep. 15 minutes. It was a half an hour round trip with my mask. And, and, I, and I will do that, Maureen. Just so I can keep this bile inside me. Be self-righteous, you mean. And and that self-righteous... How can I... I can't maintain that if I break my own rules. So that... It was worth it for that. Oh, so I can. Because, like, I get really annoyed if people push in. But then I, I've... I, you know, if I push in, I'm fine about it. Yeah, I mean, I've seen you do it, Maureen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've seen you do it in a way that even I'm like, that is brazen. <laughs> Yeah, most people don't say anything, you see. You got, that's what you got to bet on. No, they don't. That's the great thing about living in this country is that all you get is a very, very, very angry look behind you. And when, you're, when you've got your back to them, you can't see it. So it doesn't matter, does it, Maureen? That's what Maureen said to me. She was like, I said to her, those people are giving you evils. She went, well, I can't see them. And I was like, oh, fine. Yeah, that's it. I like it. I like that attitude. You're like, I'm irrelevant. It's irrelevant. I don't see them. <laughs> well, Maureen, thank you very much for your Be More Maureen, as always. Um, no surprises there. But actually, um, on this particular instance, when normally I put my head in my hands and go, what the F? I can only say, we've all been there. Yeah, I've got a purse. Yeah, that's a classic Be More Maureen. Alison, it's time for, Maureen, you will agree, our favourite part of the show. It is time to ask Alison. Go to the gym, get it together, pay your taxes and stop eating chips. Take my advice. Take my advice. I ain't using it. Oh, yes. Ask me. Give me your problems. It is the season of Christmas issues, so we are sticking to that theme. We've got another uh, Christmas problem. Someone has written in, and this Christmas, as I'm sure a lot of people uh, can relate to, they really have very little money, so they are kind of stressed because they're like either it's no cost presents or I can't really do presents at all. They feel uncomfortable. They've never been in this situation before. So they're like, what do we do? And my first thought was, well, like we all know what Christmas is about. I mean, how do you girls feel about presents? I mean, what, what's your what's your take on Christmas gifting? It's tricky, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. um, I find that you can get completely carried away with Christmas yes. and I think you have to have arrangements with certain people and say, don't, you don't need to do that. You don't need to buy me a present. That's absolutely fine. And I, particularly as an adult, I'm just like, we don't, children, fine. Buy the kids all the presents in the world. That's as it should be. That's what Christmas is about. But I think as adults, I'm just like, come on. I, if I really want something, I'll buy it. You see, yeah. I like getting presents. I like unwrapping presents at Christmas. So you enjoy that? You like to... I, I enjoy that unwrapping a present and, fa- and getting what it is. 
normally often being disappointed. But, you know, I do enjoy that whole thing about, you know, giving presents. But it is a problematic, you know, money-wise. Also, there may not be a balance where certain friends have got more money than you have and it, you yes. kind of feel obliged that if they're spending that much, then I've got to spend that much. But I think among good friends, if, you know, there may be things that you can you can do that you don't, that financially don't cost a lot you know, make something Absolutely. or, I mean, you're probably yeah. discussing that. Yeah. Cause people look forward to that, I guess. Like you said, the whole opening up something, you know, does make it feel like, I don't know, it's a part of Christmas morning for some people or that whole experience. Yeah. And yeah. also it's problematic. Cause I mean, I always seem to manage to get Jen exactly the wrong present that she never, <laughs> she doesn't want apart from the, the light for her computer. That was the only present actually, I think she's ever, she's ever enjoyed that I've given. Well, I'll tell you the difference. <laughs> Do you know what happened with that light thing? And compared to all the presents you've ever gotten me, is that you overheard me say, I really want a light. And Maureen said, <laughs> she listened. Did you, you did that thing, Maureen, where you heard that and went, <gasps> but prior to that gift, Maureen had thought, what would I like as a gift? <laughs> and bought that for me. But listen, Maureen, may I say, you are very generous and I'm always very grateful to receive a gift from you. But equally, I just think if you are in a position where financially things are tricky for you, I have no expectation of that person to buy me anything or, or indeed anyone to buy me anything. Well, that's the big thing. I think a big thing is a lot of gifts we tend to give or receive. I mean, 50% of them, I'm sure we can be like, eh, could have done with, could have done without. So this is a big thing. So this year particularly, I just want people to know that like, this year, everyone is going to be struggling a little bit. Um, and quite frankly, if you have a friend who is so, or a family member that is so put out if at the idea of non-gift or, or lower, then, I mean, maybe it's time to reevaluate that person in your life. Anyway, I'm moving on. So this kind of brings me to the my first big point. Don't plan the perfect Christmas when it comes to gifts. Plan what you can afford. Let's be honest, all right? So you look at your financial, um, what, what you've got, okay? And then I want to say, make a list and please stick to it, okay? Make a list, stick to it, give yourself price points with people um, because that's, that's, that's really important for you. Um, how to maybe graciously tell someone you won't be giving gifts this year, okay? So let's start there. If you don't want to do gifts, which hey, that's not what Christmas is about. So if you feel this year it's not a gift-giving year, here are some things I think you should do. I mean, try to talk to the people in your life as early as possible. Uh, explain to them how this really will benefit everyone, right? If it's a non-gift year or if we're going lower gifts, it does help out everyone this year. Gather your supporters first. Who are the other people in your friends and family that also might be into the idea of not exchanging or going lower end? Keep your word. Don't say you're not going to give gifts, receive a gift, and then feel bad and give a gift. Don't do that. You have no guilt. There's no reason to feel guilty about it, right? You've made the decision. You've had the discussion. Maybe instead of like at offices, you know, I like they always like to do Secret Santa. I mean, maybe you should just say, hey, why don't we contribute to some sort of, I don't know, we could volunteer somewhere. We could donate some time somewhere. Children, if you're like, oh, it won't be the same if, if we don't give the kids gifts. Well, maybe maybe it's time to start a new Christmas tradition. Maybe you could do something like a gingerbread house making competition. The whole family gets on. You all showcase your gingerbread houses. You have a wonderful time together. I know Jen is looking at me like, don't you even show me your craft stuff. But I'm just saying, if people are broke, 
you know, we have the internet. You're probably going to do so, or have a show and tell Christmas party. Wouldn't that be nice? Kids get to make some crafts, what? and then you. What's a show and tell Christmas? So party? what you could do is with your family or friends. You all have kids, and what you do is the week before, whatever, you start making crafts. Okay, kids, we've got the big art show coming up with the family. Kids can make things. Then you could get on, and they could have a little show and tell of the things they've made for Christmas. These are just ideas of things that may not cost money. Now, if you are still into the idea of presents, but maybe low cost, here's a couple quick ideas. I loved these. Number one, uh, ban all unnecessary gifts. So right away go, I'm not giving gifts to these people. And like I said, stick to it. Don't feel guilty. It is absolutely fine. Um, Regifting. I know people are controversial about this, but I am a big fan of the re-gift. <laughs> re-gift, everyone. You've got stuff in your house that you've never used. The only thing that I'm going to say, and I know what Maureen is going to say, please try to remember where you received the original gift. That is very important. Do not re-gift back to somebody, which I know Maureen, she lit up, and I was like, she's about to tell me a story where she has given back. No, yeah. no, I got a gift back that I'd given to somebody. <laughs> Zero money gift ideas. Offer services. Okay? People can always use help in their life, whether it's running errands, maybe cleaning, maybe babysitting. Offering to fix or help uh, with something in their home at a later time once we're allowed to interact a bit more. There are always services you can offer people. Make a playlist for Christmas seasons. Perhaps you could give a playlist to somebody of some great Christmas songs. Uh, plant cuttings. If you're a plant person, you can always make some cuttings uh, and give out plants to people. Uh, family history slideshow. Perhaps make something online that you could share with people. Some sort of slideshow, some sort of photo book. Baking jars. You can make little like, oh, bake this and give it to someone in a jar. It's just flour, marshmallows, whatever you want to bake. Um, and then they have all the ingredients in that jar. It costs very little. Memory jar, maybe some pictures or items of things that, that uh, bring back memories that you have shared with a person. A printable quote, put it in a frame that you may have. You could repaint. I don't know. And the last thing I want to recommend, Martin Lewis, Money Saver, uh, he has a great thing called the Festival Fiver. And there is like a load of gift ideas for under five quid. Um, some of them cost nothing at all. And I looked at the list. I thought it was absolutely phenomenal. There are so many things you can do for Christmas. It is about showing people love and affection. It is not about gifts. Uh, please feel free to speak to people about this this year. And if they don't understand, well, then you know what? You don't need to bother with them this year. That's so mean, but it's true. This year is a tricky one. So everyone remember, <laughs> the spirit of Christmas is about love and sharing. It is not about the things that we get. That is my advice. Alison, great suggestions there for people who, who might be... Um, you know, struggling because do you know what? Sometimes you're like, I've got a certain amount of money. I can, I, I'm going to spend all of that on my immediate family. But there are other people who I would love to give a gift, but financially it's not viable. These are great suggestions. And do you know what? For like, I actually think even something like babysitting. Can I just say, as somebody with kids that never goes anywhere because we can't ever get a sitter, if you know somebody who has kids and you have some kind of relationship with those kids or they know you or you have some kind of relationship with that couple, obviously don't go up to a random couple and go, want me to babysit for your kids? That would be weird. I think, uh, I think not. <laughs> I'm telling you now, if you said, listen, I'll give you one, two, whatever, free babysitting for you so that you can go out 
Because you, you, it costs a fortune. So you're uh-huh. going to go out for dinner, plus you've got to spend like 40, 50 quid on a babysitter. They will be like, that is the best Christmas present ever. And it's free. Yeah. Great advice, Alison. Thank you very much. So we're moving so quickly through this podcast. I We're just getting better at it. No? Okay. <laughs> Leanne's like, you're not hearing what I'm hearing. Leanne looks away. <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. What is the show called? Oh, yeah, I've got it. We've been talking bollocks. Yeah. Okay. Is everyone happy with that? <laughs> We're halfway through the podcast. It doesn't matter where we are in the podcast. And now it's time to find out what we've been watching on television this week. Um, what has your dog been watching, Alison? <laughs> My dog uh, right now is watching the front door. This is the thing. He's tiny, but he's mighty, and he lets us know when Amazon <laughs> deliveries are at the door. He's got a small dog complex. He does have little dog syndrome. That's exactly it. Napoleon complex. Is yeah. that what it is? Yeah, yeah he's got that's what it is. That's Napoleon it is. Pomeranian complex. Yeah. What have you been watching? Maureen, let's go to you first. Well, you can only watch this really on DVD. I've been watching The Sandbaggers, which was a really big hit series in late 70s, early 80s. I loved it as a kid. It's like an early form of spook, so it's a spy spy show. But what I've noticed now that I'm watching it as an adult is that obviously it had a very limited budget. So a lot of the time it's men talking in suits in offices because obviously they couldn't really do the action scenes. But it's still quite interesting. You've got a... Um, Neil Burnside, played by Roy Marsden, who's this kind of rather ruthless um, spy master. And then Ray Lonnon is like sandbagger number one, who was one of my little crushes when I was young. 
And Diane Keane's just popped in as the first woman to be a sandbagger. So it's um, it's off its day. It's it's all about the you know the Cold War, and Russia and and everything. But it's it's kind of interesting watching stuff that you was you were a big fan of when you were a kid, and looking at the it sandbags. a completely different way. The sandbaggers, yeah, it was a really big hit. And what was interesting, I found out that the guy who wrote it, they thought he might he must have been a spy because of, he got all the lingo right, and then he disappeared. He was on a flight in over Alaska, and the plane and him and his girlfriend and the pilot disappeared, and they've never been found. So they think he might have still been a spy. Oh, so which is actually a quite a good story, isn't it? Yeah, that's a really. Yeah. I'm intrigued to find out more. But if you want to watch it, you can. You'd have to get. It's, it's not on. You'd have to pay for the DVDs, basically. But it's you know it's interesting. But you can't get it on, like, say, you couldn't. You can get it on YouTube as well. Yeah. No, no, I didn't mean that. I mean, you couldn't pay for it, like, on. A no, streaming I think channel. you just you've got to you've got to buy the DVDs. So if you you've got to really commit before you've actually really seen it. Right, you've got to f- dig out your DVD player because it's 2005 <laughs> again. Okay, fine. Thanks, Maureen, for that. That was brilliant. Um, I have been watching a series that we've already discussed on WTB, but let's go back into it. I've been watching The Crown. I know, Maureen, that you watched it in one sitting or two, two sittings. sittings. I allowed myself uh, a couple of weeks to get through this particular series and I did enjoy it. I started to... I th- think enjoy it less as the series went on I feel like I don't look the thing is I don't really know anything about the royal family because they are they they I'm just not interested in them but I do feel like some of the the ways they depict particular members of the royal family just seem completely fictional which is fine because it is a a dramatization it's not a documentary but I just like for whatever reason they've decided to make Diana a saint Okay, fine. She, um, I, you really, you really, really lo- love her in this series. You just think she's wonderful, and they've completely demonised Prince Charles, who I suspect was probably a bit of a prick. But I feel like I just, um, I feel like the trouble with the crown because, and you might disagree with me, but because it is a dramatisation, it's not. You know, nobody can really know what happened behind closed doors and no one in the royal family has ever revealed anything that's happened. This is all, you know, from the perspective of the person that's written it, that's going, we, this, is, this is the story we want to tell rather than what actually happened. I feel like... Do you think that I just feel like there are people watching it who think that? <laughs> oh yeah, they will think fact. it's yeah, yeah, definitely. Do, you know, because because it's it's kind of because these people exist. It's depicted as if this, and I just look. I mean. Far bit from me to give a shit about Prince Charles because I don't really, but I do feel like he has been really demonised in this series to the point where we're like, if it isn't true, that seems a bit unfair. That that was my only feeling about watching the series because I felt like Maureen felt different. Was had had a well, you were slightly more even about the way you felt the, the depiction, mm. but I felt like Prince Charles came across as a complete tosspot in this series, series four, and really unlikable. And by the end of it, you're like, I just think that you are an entitled, venal, um, childish, um, spoilt prick, and I don't really give a shit about you. And and Diana came across as as as, as a woman that, that that was doing her best for her family, that was doing the best to keep the relationship together, that was doing the best um, to be a good uh, a mother, uh, and also be part of a family that she couldn't be part of. That now I don't know if that's true, or if that isn't. The way the series went out, I just feel like if it isn't true, that's pretty. Awful. <laughs> 
it's pretty awful for I think, I think you're right. Because but... because Camilla Parker Bowles has been getting death threats. Has she? Yeah. And I just feel like it's kind of irresponsible of Netflix not to put some kind of, I think, a disclaimer at the start of the series to say, say this hey, is fictional. listen, this is fiction. This is, and, and people, I mean... I'm sure the people that are making it are going, come on, everybody knows this is fiction. But genuinely, I don't think they do. And it's been no, proven that they don't. Do. Because I think, you know, Prince Charles and Camilla Parker Bowles are receiving quite horrible things um, in the post and online and on all that sort of thing. And I, I anyway, that was, that. I, this isn't really even about the series, is it? I'm just talking about, well, it is, but it's not, I'm not talking about whether I enjoyed it or not. I did enjoy it. But that was just something I felt as I got to the end. I thought, oh, this feels a bit eggy. In season three, they, they, you really felt sorry for Charles. I didn't feel as bad about Charles in season four as you did. But I think that there is a danger that people will watch it. I think, yeah, this is word for word true. And when you do his, you know, films about royal families before, there's usually a distance, isn't there? Usually a big distance. So it doesn't really matter in a sense how you depict them. But it's people centuries. are still alive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. This is current. This is the most current depiction of the royal family. And for people in other places like let's say in North America I mean you know in the United States they elected Trump are they going to be able to detach and realize that this is fictional or are they I don't know I I honestly was like really surprised that a documentary it's not a documentary that's the thing it's not a documentary Allison because the royal family has actually made statements saying like hey this is not true everyone I'm surprised they're allowed to do it to get away with it because they've the way that the showrunners have uh, pitched it is that oh we're not trying to we're not saying this is true this is a drama this is a dramatization based on a family that exists but the problem is because they use things that are actually have happened like they did get married they did divorce he did have an affair with Camilla Parker Bowles who he did eventually marry she did have affairs with various other men whilst they were together mm-hmm. you know these are things that are all true so. But the conversations that happened between that couple, or the dynamics, or the dynamics, or the way they interacted, you know, you know, I'm sure there were times that Diana probably said some pretty appalling things or whatever. Anyway, not that it matters, but the point is, it, if people are getting death threats, I think the series has a responsibility to address that. That was my feeling, and. I'm off my soapbox. I think also because, you know, they, they spent ages getting Camilla accepted as the, his wife and, you know, into the yes, family. And now, yes, that's it. And now they've got to go, oh, Jesus Christ, we just made all that headway to get her accepted within the family and with the nation. And then this series four comes out and just undoes it all. But there we are. I Look, I don't even like the royal family. I'm I'm a Republican. I'd, I'd like to get rid of them. But if, if they are there, let's... Let's be mindful that they are human beings as hard as it is to wrap our heads around it. Yeah. I know. Do you know what I mean? I do. Alison, let's get on to horror. Let's from one horror story to another. Well, <laughs> there we go. You know, this horror movie is so believable. You'll be like, is this fiction? <laughs> no, you will not. Don't worry, everyone. This is as far from reality as you can get. But Maureen, I chose this one because I thought you might have a little interest in it. This horror movie. Again, I'm sticking with Christmas uh, because there are many Christmas horror films. This week's choice is a horror film called Krampus. Which Ah. is, yes, a story about what happens when you give up on the Christmas spirit. So Krampus is kind of like a Saint Nick, but he is the evil one. So he will come and give you coal or 
take you away and kill you, basically, in this one. So it's the idea of when you abandon what is truly Christmas, which is, again, the idea of love and caring and sharing, not about gifts, what can happen. So in this tale, we follow a family and the German grandmother, who speaks German throughout the movie, which is why I thought, Maureen, you would love it, is the one who is wise to Krampus because she, as a child, experienced an interaction with him, so he's kind of been there throughout her whole life. And then this family, it basically is modern day. What happens when we forget the true spirit of Christmas? A little boy writes a letter to Santa saying, uh, help me with this, and then people make fun of him, so he tears up the letter and is like, I don't even believe in Santa, I don't even believe in Christmas. Thus Krampus comes. Now, it sounds like a childish story, but Krampus and this horror movie is actually terrifying. The first time I saw it, I was blown away at what a good job they did at depicting scary. Again, without gore, without, you know, I think you could probably watch this with the family. I mean, maybe not your kids. That's a bit young. No, but I, I mean, they, I they, they do... can't watch them up. It's Christmas Carol. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But if you got teenagers, I truly think Krampus is a great horror film. And Maureen, I do think you would enjoy it. There is a great amount of German in there. Where can you see it? It is currently running on Netflix. Oh, I just Googled it and the picture is terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great Christmas horror film. Krampus. I went, I thought it was going to be a film that was a bit older, so I thought it might be slightly No, this 80s. is current. This is current. No, it's a, this it's is... 2015, yeah. Krampus, great. Well, I don't think I'm going to look at that because I'm actually terrified by the poster, Alison. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's going to be Maureen's Cultural uh-huh. Corner. I haven't started it, Maureen. Hello. I'm, I'm going to start that again. <laughs> now... It's time to move back towards Maureen Younger because she has a corner and I believe it's cultural. <laughs> it's cultural corner. Wow, you're doing really great segues today, Jen. I just, uh, I don't know what it is. I'm nailing it. <laughs> so today's a cultural corner is um, Frank Capra movies. I don't know if you're a big fan of Frank Capra. I love his movies. Absolutely love them. So I'm just going to do three of them. Uh, the first one is It Happened One Night from 1934. Have you seen that? It was Clark Gable and Claudette Colbert. Have you seen it, Alison? No. Oh, it's a brilliant movie. And it was the first film to win all five major Oscars. So it won Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Best Actress and Best Screenplay. And the only other two films that have done that is One Flew Over the Cuckoo Nest and The Silence of the Lambs. Well. And what is brilliant is that none of the stars wanted to be in it. So Clark Gable was sent to another studio because he pissed off Louis B. Mayer. Claudette Colbert didn't want to do it. She was like, right, you've got to double my fee. Got to film it in four weeks because I'm off on holiday. And I don't even think she was there for the Oscars because she thought the film was a bit, was rubbish. And it's quite a quite an easy, quite I suppose trite story. Um, she plays this really feisty spirited heiress who's eloped. Her, her father doesn't like it. He's kidnapped her. She escapes because she's quite feisty. She jumps off a ship, a yacht, as you would have it, and she's trying to get from Miami back to New York, where she bumps into Clark Gable, who's this down on the hill. Um, journalists and it's just about their trip going back up to New York but it's really well done and if you're into cinema some really iconic scenes so there's a scene where they're showing a bedroom which of course in the 30s you're not married you're showing a bedroom it's considered really outrageous so they put a a towel not towel a blanket between them it's called the walls of Jericho and um, uh, Cable at one point takes off his shirt 
And he didn't have a vest on. In those days, everybody wore a vest. And everybody was so surprised, you know, it was like taken aback. He didn't have a vest on. That vest sales plummeted around the world. Uh, people were like, forget this. Forget vests. <laughs> yeah, seriously. It was like Miami Vice when nobody wore socks in the in the 80s at one point. It, was, it had that effect. And there's another scene which is very famous when they're trying to hitch a lift and Clark Gable's trying to hitch a lift and she goes, let me deal with it. And she just goes on the road, lifts up her skirt a little and the first car stops. It's a really famous scene. But it's, but it's a really great movie. They're great together. There's lots of on-screen on, um, on chemistry and it's a really enjoyable movie. So I definitely recommend it. It happened one night. And then the other things, the other reason why I like Capra, particularly if you're feeling a bit down at Christmas, is Capra gives you this idea that um, we all matter. It doesn't matter who you are, but in the grand scale of things, we all matter. So it's really great watching one of his movies if you're feeling a bit down. And the next one is uh, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, which was made in 1939, and it stars uh, James Stewart. In fact, it made him a, a big star. And it's about this innocent young man who uh, the politicians get him to be a senator because they want him, they think they can control him. And if you like, the films are like a pilot, which is quite funny at the moment. Like it's a it's um like a homage to American democracy. So you've got to remember, in 1939, most of Europe was under dictatorships. Democracy looked like it was on the way out. So it it really uh, one of the main features <coughs> is Abraham Lincoln Memorial, which must be very iconic for the average American. And it's all about how important democracy is and how important it is that we say everyone has a word, uh, says their word. And so he gets manipulated, he gets framed because he doesn't go, go along with the, the corrupt politicians. And there's Jean Arthurs in it, who I don't know if you know her, she's an actress from the 30s and 40s, fantastic actress. She was a bigger star in those days. And she's this kind of cynical Washington person. She knows Washington like the back of her hand. And there's this great iconic scene where the, um, at the monument, the Abraham Lincoln Monument, and he's going to give up. He's he's been he's been framed. He looks corrupt. He feels defeated. And she's the one. She's the catalyst who encourages him to carry on with a good fight. And it's so well done. It's shot in black and white and shadow. And and every time I watch that scene, I cry. It is so well done. It really is um, heartrending. And he goes back, and there's this big scene, famous scene where there's a filibuster which is a, a, a kind of thing that they have in America where you can just carry on talking and talking. And he, you know, they went, at one point he goes, you think I'm licked, I'm not licked, and he basically wins the day. I mean, the ending is a bit pat, but it is it just shows you that everyone can make a difference. And obviously he's the everyman character in there because he's called Jefferson Smith, so Smith as in every man, and Jefferson, of course, one of the founders of the American uh, independence movement and American state. So, you know, anyone could be a Jefferson Smith, basically. Totally recommend it. James Stewart is amazing in it. So moving on, uh, which you must have all seen, to the last film, which was It's a Wonderful Life from 1946. Have you seen it? So you must have seen It's yeah, a Wonderful yeah. Life. Absolutely. Which, in my opinion, is the best Christmas movie ever. And it was actually a flop in its day. Everybody hated it. They thought it was depressing. Nobody went to watch it. And in fact, it was the last film that Capra made and it almost, I think, bankrupted the studio. Or, and, and it only became famous and popular because uh, they didn't bother... Um, carrying on with the copyright, so which meant TV shows, huh. TV companies could sh show it for free. They don't have to pay anybody. And so they showed it all the time on American TV and then people were going, oh my God, this is an amazing film. Um, what, what about you two guys? Were you big fans? I watched it many It's a Wonderful ago. Life, yes. Yeah, I mean... I've I've I, I I've seen it many times and in the cinema I've gone to see it several times at Christmas as a as something I always cry. Who doesn't cry at the end? You've Pretty Patel probably, but you've you know it's a again it's one of those things. It's a great film because it it shows you that no matter how mundane you think your life is, 
we all matter. You know, we, we, we affect other people's lives in ways that we can't imagine. So the film plot hinges on the turmoil of its hero, George Bailey, played by James Stewart, who becomes so desperately contemplates suicide. Now, despite the theme, it is actually a very um, life-affirming movie. And what happens is he's, he's a lot of money, he becomes this banker, he works, runs a local bank money goes missing thanks to his uncle and he realizes that he's he's worth more to his family if he kills himself than if he stays alive and he tries to commit suicide but he's stopped by um angel second class clarence oddbody who then shows him what the world would be like if he hasn't lived and though he's lived seemingly a very mundane life it's actually very important you know he's 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 actually saved people and helped people in ways that are unimaginable and at the end Obviously, you will feel it's very heartwarming. I, I, it's a really great movie. Very simple story. It's it just on the right side of sentimentality. I absolutely love it. So if you've never seen it, do yourself a favour and watch it. Thank you, Maureen. Classic three classic films to watch by, by Capra that you Frank Capra that you can. Um, I think you can probably get hold of quite easily on Amazon, uh, or indeed Netflix. I'm pretty sure they will have. Uh, all, if not uh, one, if not all of those movies. Thank you, Maureen Younger, for your suggestions and your contribution to this podcast. Never, ever come back. No, I'm kidding. I love you very much. I love you very much. And your corner has been cultured. And my corner has been cultured too. Oh, my corner has been revolting. so cultured because of you, Maureen. I appreciate yeah. all your corner culturing. I actually think as three like women, I know, exactly. I don't think three <laughs> women can talk about having... Their corners, Cultured corners. Culture. Yeah, it's <laughs> actually making me feel quite sick. <laughs> yeah, Jen. Now that you're feeling sick about cultured corners, let's let's get into. What's got Jen's goat? What's got Jen's goat? What's got Jen's goat? The sting has changed again. Uh, that jingle. <laughs> <laughs> it needs to be like a heavy metal, like guar, like Jen's goat. What's got it? That's what oh, I want. Well, that would get on my What's got What? What's got Jen's goat? What? There we okay. go. That's exactly um, it. <laughs> so, I I think. Increasingly, as as we get closer to Christmas, I'm realizing I just don't have enough time in the day. I don't have enough time in the day. I think I, I, I can't express to you how short my days feel. And I know who to blame. And I tell you what's got my goat. I tell you what's got my goat, ladies. The fact that the schools shut at three. I think it's appalling. Why aren't they shutting at six? That would give me the three extra hours I need to get shit done. Listen, I can't get to like one o'clock in the afternoon and be like, well, I better quickly grab some, smash some food into my face. It gets to half past one and I'm like, Christ, it's nearly two. Two o'clock comes around. I'm like, it's an hour before I have to pick the kids up. And then the day is inevitably over. That's it. My day is over because the children are back and I can't get anything else done because they want to play whatever the f is that they want to play and 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 the other thing that i has got my go is i think as parents we are we have fallen down children need one toy that's it i find creative things to do with that one toy turns out if they have every toy in the universe i don't know what to do i got nothing to play with i'm bored right well i'll tell you what i'm going to do is i'm going to put all of your toys in the dustbin so because there's two of them. They should be able to play together so I can carry on and get stuff done. Maybe cook something, put the washing out, send a couple of emails. But no, I have to sit with them and play whatever boring game 
they want to play with Playmobil or whatever it is. So that's what's got my goat. The days aren't long enough. The days are getting shorter, obviously, as we head inexorably towards the 21st of December, which is, as we know, the shortest day of the year. And that's uh, that's it. That's it. My goat has been got. So I, I'm just going to put it out. I'm just going to put it out there into the ether. Um, 6, 6 p.m. Let's keep the let's shut the schools a bit later. Yeah, I yes. suspect our producer might agree with you. <laughs> and also because of because of COVID, there's no after school clubs. Uh-uh. So you can't go. Oh well, you can do drama after school, or hey, I'll pick you up after you do gymnastics. No, now nope. it's like oh, three till seven. That you void. are the drama teacher. You are the gymnastics teacher. You are the you do it, Jen. You that's, got it. Yeah, that's. But obviously, Jen, you'd never put them in front of a screen, would you? You're not that type of parent. I'm not the kind of person actually that would ever put my children. <laughs> In front of a screen. Can you imagine putting your children in front of a screen? Listen, I'm doing an impression of somebody that said that to me once. And um, Can you imagine putting your children in front of a screen? Yeah, I can. And I do it daily. <laughs> Maureen Younger, Alison June-Smith and Leanne Cooper-Doop. What an absolute pleasure. It has been. Once again, we're at the end of this podcast. Here are the announcements. Next week it will be the final episode of Series 1. Please oh. do join us. I know. The sadness, the drama, uh, the blah, blah, blah. But uh, of the good news is we will have a very special guest. It will be an extended episode. It may go on for 45 to 46 minutes as opposed to 40. Hey, presto. That's the kind of uh, extra you're getting on this podcast. And we're very delighted to um, uh, bring on our guest. And we'll, we're going to keep it under wraps. It's a secret. Um, but in the meantime, do like and subscribe. We'd like to thank everybody that has been kind enough to put a beautiful, lovely, generous post on Apple Podcasts to say that they're enjoying it. Um, we read them all, don't we, ladies? We read I them sure all do. and um, we are G'd and buoyed by them. So um, what we're saying is, please, if you haven't, do. I mean, if you can't be bothered to write a review, just go five stars. We'll five stars, that, that's we? fine. We'll take that. If yeah. you're like, I just, I ain't got the time for this. Just five, we'll take that, won't we? Five if it's stars. under yeah. four, then you know what? You don't have the time. You're too busy. Just move on. No, don't just, bother. I, I'm, I'm going to say five. I put fives. Okay. Thank you. Uh, anyway, that's it. That's the end of the podcast. We'll see you next week. Bet, 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 bet. Bye. Bye. Can I actually closed that podcast off properly this week. Didn't we? Did you notice that? That's the first time we've done that. Women talking bollocks. If you enjoyed today's episode, then why not subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, like us, leave a wonderful message saying how much you enjoy our dulcet tones, particularly mine. And you can also follow us on Facebook and on Twitter. It's WTB underscore podcast. Leave a nice comment. If you didn't really enjoy the show, then don't leave a comment. Just tell somebody you don't like very much to listen to the next one. And then we all win. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.